Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would anoint John with your Holy Spirit. Anoint him for bringing us your truth and your word this morning, but Lord, would you multiply that anointing day by day and week by week upon his ministry, Lord, in this parish and in this church and in this community, that, Lord, as he serves you, he would see much, much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Our Bible reading today is taken from Luke um, chapter 14, verses 1 to 24. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from droopsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. Then he asked them, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do you take a place of honor? For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back. And if so, you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is a man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I have just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. When, I, when I'm at home last week, I was aware that I was preaching this week again, and I, I looked up the, the preaching rota, and when I seen the passage that I'd been given, I was um, actually quite excited, and that doesn't always happen. Um, sometimes you look at the passage and you go, seriously? <laughs> but... I was excited with this one. Now, I was originally given the verses 15 to 24 to preach from, but I decided that I was going to start from verse 1 because I think it's important that we, we get the whole picture of what's happening here. So the story begins with Jesus attending a dinner. 
in the home of a leading Pharisee. Now, the Pharisees were one of the main religious um, groups among the Jews. They were non-political but carried a lot of power. And it, it, it appears at this dinner, it just wasn't a small informal gathering with a few friends. But it must have been a, a, quite a big event because we were told among the guests there were other Pharisees and also lawyers who were experts in interpreting the Old Testament scriptures. It's not the sort of uh, gathering you would expect to get a bundle of laughs at. But it may seem strange that Jesus has been invited to this dinner because he had often come into conflict with the Pharisees, accusing them of hypocrisy and of elevating human rules over God's righteous standards. And the Pharisees in the past had tried to trap Jesus into breaking their laws or saying something so they could accuse him of blasphemy and have him arrested. Now, as we look at this dinner, it looks again as if they're trying to set Jesus up because this dinner is on the Sabbath and just by sheer coincidence, right in front of Jesus, there's a man suffering from dropsy, which is a condition um, which causes the arms and legs to be swollen. Jesus simply looks at the man and he looks at the host and his guest, and he says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But no one would answer, because the law of Moses had never forbidden healing on the Sabbath. It was just another one of the laws that they had made up themselves. So Jesus simply healed the man, sent him on his way, and before anyone could open their mouths, he said, is there anyone here, if their child or animal fell into a well on the Sabbath, they wouldn't rush to pull them out? And none of them could answer him. They just stood there looking at him. See, when you read through the, the, the New Testament, a lot of people have this idea that Jesus being this lovely, mild and meek-mannered man who wouldn't upset anyone, but they couldn't be further from the truth because Jesus never backed away from confrontation. No matter what the situation was, he wasn't afraid to stand up for what was right and he wasn't going to be intimidated by this bunch of religious fanatics. And now that he's upset them all, he continues by telling the first of two parables in this passage. So Jesus says, he says, I've been sitting here watching you all scrambling to get a seat at the table next to the visiting celebrity, which probably was Jesus. And he says this, if I'm verses eight to nine, I'm taking this from the message version. He says, when someone invites you to dinner, don't take a place of honor. Somebody more important to you may have been invited by the host. Then he'll come and call out in front of everybody. You're in the wrong place. The place of honor belongs to this man. Red-faced, you'll have to make your way to the very last table, the only place left. I don't know if that's ever happened to anyone here, but it was really strange because when I was reading this here, a memory came to me right back when I was about 14, and I'd forgot, completely forgot all about this, but it was a time when I was with the youth club, um, a group of older boys, and we had been down to, we'd been taken down to St. Brendan's Youth Club in Sydenham for some reason. And um, when the night was over, the minibus pulled up and I was like Jack the Lodge, straight out into the front seat. And just as the minibus was ready to go, one of the older lads came out and he says to me, yo, get out, that's my seat. So didn't want to cause a scene, oops, no. Didn't want to embarrass him in front of all the rest of them, you know, so I just got out and went round to get one of the other seats and... There was no seats left. So the minibus drove off. The all sitting waving at me and laughing. And there was me having to wait on the minibus coming back with a, a group of the, uh, other stragglers who were left behind. And I can also remember on another occasion, I was down at um, down Cathedral for um, some service. And I came in late and looked, the place was packed. And I seen these seats over at the right and they were all empty. And I went, there they are. 
hand over and sat in the seat. And this wee man came running up. He came up like Linford Christie. He was must have been about 90, but he came running up. And he says to me, can't sit there, that's full important, people. <laughs> so there's me, I had to get up again and go and sit behind a pillar. And uh, I'll not tell you who one of the important people were. No, I took a seat, so I know later, but <laughs> it wasn't me. So I can relate to what, what they're saying here. So Jesus continues in the verses 10 to 11. He says, when you're invited to dinner, go and sit at the last place. Then when the host comes in, he may very well say, friend, come up to the front. That will give you, the dinner guests something to talk about. What I'm saying is, if you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat in your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Luke, he tells us this as a parable. And again, Jesus had another reason for giving advice, um, not just for a social occasion. Tom Wright says this. He says, the real meaning is to be found in the warning about pushing oneself forward in the sight of God. In Jesus' day, it was all too easy for the well-off and the legally trained to imagine that they were superior in God's sight to the poor and to those without the opportunity to study, let alone practice law. And that's true for us today as well. The truth is, it's hard to think of God when you're full of yourself. And it's difficult to think of others when you're constantly thinking about yourself. So, after having a go at the guests, Jesus then turns and has a go at the host. He's on a real roll here, isn't he? And again, I'm using the message version in 12 to, verses 12 to 14. Then he turned to the host and he says, the next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Instead, some people who never get inv invite some people who never get invited, the misfits from the wrong side of the tracks, you'll be an experience of blessing. They won't be able to return the favor but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. Now, these three verses are a complete sermon on their own, which I don't have time to go into this morning, but the simple message here is Jesus is calling us to be around people who we feel uncomfortable to be around. People who are different to ourselves, and that is a real challenge. So at this point, you can imagine that the host is really regretting inviting Jesus to his dinner, and the conversation has probably just died to death. But then, prompted by the mention of the resurrection in verse 14, one of the guests breaks the silence with this statement in verse 15. You, you can imagine a wee bit like a toast. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. I can just imagine Jesus looking at him and thinking, you haven't a clue what you're talking about. But Jesus replies to this with another parable. He says, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servants to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So it was a, the culture in them days that an invitation was sent in advance and the host who would then have prepared the banquet for the number of people expected. And on the day of the banquet, when it was prepared and ready, the servants would have then been sent out to summon all those who had accepted the invite. Verse 18 says, But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. This, this is a, a, a very weak excuse because nobody buys land without looking at it first. It's a bad, bad business move. 
And another said, I have five, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And again, nobody is going to buy oxen without first of all trying them out. Then another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. And again, this is another stupid excuse, although it's one that many of us men have used in the past, isn't it? You know, I'd love to come, but you know, the wife just won't let me. Honestly, so I'm running some men's events in here, that's an excuse some men give me. <laughs> but have you ever been a, have you ever accepted an invite to something and then when the time, the time draws near to the event, you start to think of excuses of how to get out of it. And sometimes for no other reason rather than the fact that you can't really be bothered. As Jesus tells this parable to the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders, the banquet he's describing is not just a big party, it's an invite into the kingdom of God, the greatest banquet feast ever. But sadly, they don't get it. You see, the, rel the religious rulers and, and, the, and the Jews, they, they accepted God's first invitation, which came through Moses and the prophets. They accepted that God called them to be his chosen people. But then when God sends his son, Jesus, they insult him by reject they insult God by rejecting him. They not only rejected him, they mocked him, they beat him, and they nailed him to a cross. So God then sends his servants out into all the world to tell them that God's kingdom has arrived and was ready for them. Verse 21 says, the servant went back and told the master what had happened and he was outraged because the rejecting invitation like this was likened to saying, I don't want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to be your friend. It was a real insult. So the master tells the servant to go out into the city streets and the alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal. The homeless, the wretched, the prostitutes, the drug dealers, the paramilitaries, and all the misfits you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. The master said, then go to the country roads, whoever you find, urge them to come in. I want to make my house full. Now the NIV version I read there says, make them come. But I, that's, that's a wrong translation. You can't make anyone come to the kingdom of God. You can urge them to come. As I said at the start, I was excited when I seen this passage that I've been given to preach from because I can relate so much to what Jesus is saying in this passage. As Christians, we are all called to go out and reach those who do not yet know Jesus with the gospel message. We invite them by simply saying, come, for all things are now ready. Jesus has died, he has risen, the gate of heaven is open, and you don't need to do anything because it's all been prepared for you. And as we've seen in verse 21, it's an open invitation that everyone, no matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus is inviting you to the banquet table. As Christians, we are heading to the greatest party ever. Sometimes we need to remind our faces of that. But the painful truth is that so many people continue to make excuses. I've heard so many excuses over this last few years. I could read a book. I'll come someday, but I'm not ready yet. I'm too busy. You know what it's like in work and stuff. I would be but I'm in a relationship with someone. I don't think I'm good enough. 
I'm worried that I couldn't keep it up. I like a wee drink at the weekends. The list, honestly, the list could go on and on. I had a good chat with a man there recently. And this man goes to church every week, reads his Bible and prays every day. But yet he has not accepted Jesus in his life. And you know what he told me his, his reason was? Because he likes to meet his mates every week for a couple of beers. And he was worried about what they would think about him if he told, if he told them he, would, he was became a Christian. Here's the thing. When you read this passage, the master didn't say to the servants, go and tell everyone that if they sort themselves out, they can come to my banquet. He simply sent the servants out to say, come, the banquet is ready. People need to realize that Jesus is simply saying, come as you are, sit down and eat with me. And together we can sort all these things out. Verse 24 says, For I tell you, none of those I first invited shall taste my banquet. You know, it really breaks my heart when I see people come so close to accepting Jesus and then just turn their backs and walk away. If you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, please accept his invitation and stop making excuses. Because if you don't, you might not get another invite and someone else just may take your place at the table. Thank you. John, thank you. So let's stand together. And as we respond to that challenge this morning, I'm going to invite the prayer team to be available at the front. They would love to, to help you make a response to that challenge this morning. And the song that we're going to sing just reminds us of what God did in terms of reaching towards us. Let's worship. Let's make an honest response this morning.
sufficient. The grace of God towards us is sufficient. You don't need more, any more than what he's already done and already offers to you and to me. To God who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. To him be glory in the church 